0: everyone, and welcome to Being Inspired Radio. I'm your host, Amanda Johnson, and that was the voice of India Ari in her song, I Am Light, one of my absolute favorites, and I love to open and close the show with uh, those ch- words of truth. I'm so excited for today's episode. For those of you who have been listening for a while, you know that I bring inspiring guests onto this show and have a just incredible conversation with them. We can never plan where these conversations will lead or what gems of wisdom or inspiration will be birthed from the conversation. But what we do know is that you listening will receive exactly what you are meant to receive and that um, my guests and I will have the conversation go in the direction it needs to go, and that's all we need to know. So I'm so excited to have a very dear friend, soul sister of mine on the show today, Joanne Tucker, and I met well over a year ago now, more over a year and a half ago, um, when we were both in the same life coaching uh, training program called Mentor Masterclass. And I'd like to introduce you to Jo and um, her just beauty and her, uh, the gifts that she has to share. Jo is a Mentor Masterclass Certified Coach, a Reiki practitioner, and licensed Desire Map Facilitator from Ottawa, Canada. So if you hear an accent, that's why. <laughs> she, <laughs> she works with women around the world to exfoliate their old stories and guide them home to their natural state of enoughness which if you know anything about me, you know, I absolutely love. She does this through one-on-one and group coaching programs using a variety of tools, ranging from energetic healing to accountability coaching. Jo provides tailored approaches that help women find peace and clarity in their everyday lives so they can step into the life they've only dreamed of. Joanne truly believes when we are free and at peace, we can live and love from our soul and from this soulful place. We can heal the world. Thanks so much for being here, Joe. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited too. These are always so invigorating and inspiring. So we're going to jump right in. And um, again, for those of you who've been listening to past episodes, you know that uh, I come in with um, a theme of sorts. And that can be inspired by something going on in my life currently, or in this case, um, what my guest stands for and so jo um, you know sh- her she she proclaims happiness over everything and I thought this would be a great opportunity then to look at happiness and what does that even mean what does that look like and I love to read an excerpt from a book that has inspired me um, just to get the conversation started. And um I have referenced this book many times before. It has almost become a a reference guide of sorts for my for me in my life. It's Marianne Williamson's A Return to Love. It's her understanding of a course in miracles, which I am also currently reading. Sometimes I like to go to her her understanding or her verbiage around the the um depth of what is expressed in a course in miracles so what i want to read here is a passage from this book a return to love and then joe i'm just going to ask you what what comes up so as you're listening um both you and, and our listeners just feel into what is being spoken spoken to you through these words um what is being asked of you or or what calls to mind as you hear these words from a return to love. So Mm -hmm. she says the miracle worker's goal in every circumstance is peace of mind. A course in miracles tells us that we don't know what would make us happy. We just think we do. The miracle minded perception would be to make happiness itself our goal and to relinquish the thought that we know what that would look like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what comes up? That's a up? good one. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot in there. What spoke to you as I was reading that?
1: I think the last part is is the part that really resonates with me. I think often when people hear the words happiness over everything, um, it immediately conjures up these images of always trying to be in this like high vibe place. Um, and you know, like being around people that make you feel good, doing only things that make you feel good, um, and really like holding on to this concept that we have of what happiness is and rather the approach that I would take, which is what I'm getting from this message from Marianne is that, um, have it as the goal, but like stop trying to label what it is that it is and stop trying to get at it through our traditional means of, of going after it. Um, Happiness for me means feeling the entire range of emotions and experiencing the entire range of what life has to offer to us. Um, Yeah, and that it's not all just like all that feel-good
0: flower crown stuff. Yes! (laughs) You know? (laughs) <laughs> I'm thrilled. Can I have to read this now? Because as you were saying that, it immediately, yep, landed is true. And um, so this quote that I, I had highlighted it in the text already, and so when I was looking for something around happiness, I will say that's the great thing about reading on a Kindle, if I can search for keywords. <laughs> um, mm. There are other drawbacks to it, but that's one of the ones I love. And, and this particular quote I had already highlighted, and I had written a note about it, which I don't do often. But if I could just share this, that um, I wrote that we can, so at the time I read this book, I know I was in a spot of um, being surrounded. I know you uh, probably um, are familiar with this because we were in the same circle of people at this time in my life. And this idea of manifestation, and Mm -hmm. I I was really, um, at that time specifically, kind of trying to better understand what that meant and what that looked like. Because what I sometimes saw was this idea of let me manifest these specific things to happen because to your point, that would bring me happiness, right? So like this idea of, I want to determine what that happiness looks like and it's going to be through Mm -hmm. these very specific things. And so I, I was just trying to wrap my head around it. I read this quote and I said, you know, we can manifest and see magic occur, but we are still seeking to get and in such a form as what we think will make us happy. Whereas when we seek miracles or ask for miracles, we are seeking peace of mind, no matter what that might look like externally. And that to me is mm. what you just said, where it's happiness is, ev- it's, it's, all of it. And it's not that I want to, you know, pick just the things that I that feel good. You know I need to constantly surround myself by these people. I need to constantly be striving to and now i 'm putting this in my own words, but striving to live in a certain way because that mm-hmm. will make me happy, but rather, can I ask for a miracle or manifest a you know some sort of peace of mind so that i can I can live with anything Does that so that 's what 's coming up for me so it 's this beautiful idea of I don't know, this idea of, are we focusing on what it looks like or are we saying I'm open to being at peace with whatever is?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's, you know, I think we get trapped by these concepts that we have and then we try and push ourselves into these certain forms. Um, kind of gesticulating in the way that we think that we're supposed to to be able to get this thing that we should really want, this happiness, and that is comprised of all of these things. Um, when really the work that I'm talking about is just being, yeah, happy and pleased, and taking uh, inherent in that is taking a lot of self responsibility for exactly what's happening in our lives. Um, mm. So it's like leading from the center. Um, from your wholeness, as opposed to stretching yourself out to fit into all of these different places, if that makes sense.
0: Well, it does to mm-hmm. me. And I want to I have you elaborate a bit. Yeah. So what do you, when you say leading from your center, um, leading from your wholeness, taking responsibility, Like, what might that look like in your life or in the lives of others you see?
1: Sure. Well, I can give you a really good example of something that I was just in. And um, just before we hit record, something that I was kind of alluding to. So in my life right now, um, I've taken on the responsibility of welcoming a Liberian refugee here to Canada with six other good friends. Um, And with her arrival of the last three weeks, our schedules have been kind of tied up and tight. Um, so a lot of free time, a lot of free space, particularly because I am someone who doesn't work a traditional nine to five. I have a lot of flexibility. Um, I had, uh, I'm, I'm taking on a lot of the administrative appointments, getting her identification, her medical stuff up to code, um, all of the classes that she wants to register for showing her to work the buses, the list goes on. And so um, I'm also involved in some other things for myself, um, including a sisterhood mastermind that has calls that are coming to an end soon. Um, So one particular day, I had my schedule set out ahead of me and was like, "Okay, these are the things that I want to do today. I want to have this meal. I want to meditate. And then I'm going to go and do this call with my sisters. And then I'm going to go and pick up Martha Lynn. And we're going to do all these things. And I looked at the hours that I had in front of me to do all of this and thought to myself, this probably isn't going to happen, but I really want it to happen. It was It's what would make me happy. I'm going to do it. And so um, some things changed in the schedule that made it seem like it was going to be impossible. And I held tight to this idea of like, I really need to talk to my sisters. I haven't spoken to them. This is what I need to do, and I'm going to force it. And so Um, I pack my things in my car, my partner goes with me early to his appointment to drop me off at a space where I can take this call. I get in there to set up and there is no internet in this beautiful little cafe. And so I can't make the call that I'm supposed to be on. And I find myself stranded in this other neighborhood um, and just pissed off. I bought this like beautiful muffin, and now now you're telling me that there's no internet. What do you mean there's no internet? What year is this? Like this is what I need to do. Can't you tell that these are my needs? And furiously stomped across the street, tried to find some sort of Wi-Fi, and then decided to give up. That I wasn't going to be able to do this call. Fine. Well, I'm going to go and I'm going to sit in the grass and be mad about this and like really feel my feelings. And so I go outside, and all of the grass has been torn up by these like big construction machines because they're building this huge condo. So the lovely like river Vista that was finally going to give me my peace of mind, completely destroyed. Um, So I (laughs) seriously (laughs) am stomping around and find myself a tree and literally like root, there's this giant root that pops out of the ground and I hunker down on it, like crouch on it like a little rabid animal. And just like growl at my misfortune (laughs) and just sit there for long enough until I can just start laughing at myself and being like, what are you even doing? Like, look around you. You're outside on a beautiful day. It's September and you're wearing shorts in Canada. Like you're going to go and spend your day with this beautiful woman who has done everything that she could do to become a Canadian and get here and enjoy a beautiful life. And you're mad about, like, having too delicious of a muffin and no Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that some grass has been torn up. And so I just, like, picked myself up, did a couple of cartwheels, and, and walked on with my day. Mm-hmm. Um, and exactly what needed to happen for me that morning, this, like, tightness that I was carrying around my schedule, around finding time for me, around practicing self-care, all of these concepts that I had of what I needed to feel happy and feel good were completely irrelevant. Mm. All I needed to do was just like stop and breathe and laugh and fully appreciate exactly what was happening for me in that moment and to let go of some of these ideas that I have around what I need and require um, instead of just flowing with what is and fully enjoying a beautiful day, which then I went on to meet Martha Lynn. We went and (laughs) played ukuleles with a bunch of retirees for hours. <laughs> like My life is beautiful, wow. you know? And um, just getting so caught up in the moment of what my needs purportedly were and becoming so attached to this outcome that I knew was doomed to fail, but yet didn't want to let go of it. And so that is leading from the center. That is taking full and total responsibility, seeing that there is dark, And there is black and white, but then there's all this beautiful gray in the middle, that life can be both difficult and beautiful at the same time, and those often mean the same thing, and that none of this is happening outside of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything, how I feel and how I want to be in my world, is very much a a choice that I can make, and an ongoing choice that I do try and make every day, even when I can't see the trees for the forest.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is such a remarkable story and example. I, oh, thank you for sharing that. And what I loved, it, I mean, loved the whole thing. And how many times have I found myself doing the exact same thing and probably hundred people listening can totally relate. Um, and you're so right. How often do we sit there and say, well, this is what I need to feel great. And what's really funny in my opinion is sometimes we can almost mislead ourselves, especially for in this world or industry of self-care and, you know, self-help and all these beautiful, we, we, we stand for so much great, beautiful stuff. And, and it's all great. and I'm not saying it's not. And it's funny how sometimes, again, we, and I think you said this, we can really get just thrown off our center by mm-hmm. clinging to that, thinking it has to look this way. Well, the only way I could take care of myself today is to get on this call with this group of women, right? Mm-hmm. Versus sitting in a cafe with no internet and enjoying a delicious muffin is also self care. But maybe <laughs> we, but, but in the moment I'm not, I don't want, that's not what I need. <laughs> so we, we blind, I need to talk we,
1: about my feelings, Yeah, of these
0: women and like, this is the thing, like, and it's
1: also tied up into these beliefs of what my work is. You know, right. my work is learning to lean more into sisterhood and share and ask for support And, like, if I'm not doing that, then what am I really doing, (laughs)
0: you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm just thinking this is bringing so much up in terms of how often do we miss the very thing we are actually asking for because it doesn't come in the package we Mm -hmm. want, um, which I think is so beautiful. (laughs) And the other thing you said at the end that I want to ask more about is the both and life can be difficult and beautiful. Because what I heard you mm-hmm. say, um, through, through the beautiful story that you just shared is when we kind of boil it all down, what it means to live in the center, to live from our wholeness, um, to experience happiness, the way you I'm hearing you define it and how we're discussing it today is to be fully present, to accept what is, and to let go of our attachments to our, the outcomes or it looking a certain way. Right. So it's like, total acceptance of this moment as it is. Now Mm -hmm. I've had a conversation with people around this a lot lately. Um, and I know I struggled with this myself when I first started grasping the idea of how to accept what is and Mm. this idea of how can I accept it when my life is shitty, when what I am going through is not great. Right. And so when I heard you say it's both difficult and beautiful, can we talk about that a little more? Like how you see that how you experience mm-hmm. that, how you, ra- how do you rationalize those two things? Hmm. Well, I think that, you know,
1: one of those sentences informs the other. So if I'm to accept that everything is beautiful as it is, that the world and the universe is perfect and divine and that I am one with that and I am perfect and divine, then um, we can't accept things in black and white, Like if you're fully living in your life, you're noticing the complete ups and downs. For instance, this weekend, I can be in a place where I feel like I'm having a hard time with um, being in my body and being fully present for myself. But I can still hold this beautiful space for other women to come and get exactly that. That there is that beautiful gray place in the middle that's medicine for everyone. Mm. Um, That if I were to think that because I'm having a bad day the whole day is bad. Then I shut myself off to all of the beautiful things that can come up in that, the lessons, the understanding, the connections that I can get. Um, I used to live very much in a black and white place. It was a very good place for you to not have to take any responsibility for what you're doing in your life. And it's a really great place to play the victim. Um, and it's a really great place to not accept help. And when we see that, um, there is no uh, black and white, that it's all kind of gray here in the middle, then we have to open ourselves up to all of those things that we used to fear. So I have to be vulnerable. That's what living in that gray space means for me. It means that I have to show up in my shittiness and be whoever it is that I'm supposed to be right now and trust that that's going to be medicine for myself and those around me. That's a really big lesson mm-hmm. that
0: I've been learning this, this past week mm-hmm. in particular. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that because the question that was coming to mind, and it's almost as if you knew because you then answered it, which is why are, we, why are so many of us? Because the, the black and white story is one I'm all too familiar with, um, and I mm. see it a lot around me. And why are we afraid to accept what is, to live in the gray? And what I heard you say, and then if you want to elaborate, but what I heard you say was it's vulnerable to mm-hmm. live there. But w- w- yeah, why, why? what else comes up for you there? Like, why don't people, I mean, because I know I resisted it. I didn't want to accept things the way they are. I hear people say that all the time. How can I accept things the way they are? Mm-hmm. Why do you think we're so afraid of that?
1: I think it means that we have to fully and totally accept who we are, if we are to accept what's happening around us. And that means putting down a whole bag of agendas. And it means admitting that perhaps we don't know everything. And perhaps we might need some help. For me, the scariest part of, of owning what's happening is that there's no one else Um, to project my fears or anxieties or anything on. It just needs to come from me. It means that who's the one that's self-sabotaging or who's the one that's sabotaging this thing in my life? It's not my mom. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was such an easy thing to carry around for so long and, and not to, you know, expel any kinds of things that have, that have truly happened. But to fully take responsibility for my life right now it needs to be lived in that gray space it needs to be completely and totally vulnerable and that's scary because it means we have to really get to know ourselves in a way that perhaps we haven't and then to add like the last little bit onto that i think what a lot of people think that means is that they're going to have to burn down their entire life i think when they think that oh no like if i have to look at myself like I don't know, Sherry down the road, she looked at her life and now she's divorced or, you know, um, this other woman that I know did that and now like she doesn't have any friends and she's become this weird person. We have this idea of what it means to do this, the kind of work that we're doing that makes us feel like we'll have to isolate or completely burn everything down, that everything needs to come down in this, in this full swoop of crazy madness. Um, and that self-responsibility rarely is making these huge changes, but it's rather one step at a time. Mm. What feels good? What looks good? It's not, uh, quit your job, quit your life. Move <laughs> to Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, on the side of a mountain. Don't speak to anyone.
0: <laughs> I I love that you just expressed what kind of the fear under the fear, right? It's like, oh, we're afraid, because um, that means I'm going to have to like take a look at my life. The fear under that is... If I take a look at my life, what is that gonna mean? and if I could even go a step further, I was just thinking about this the other day, like literally two days ago, walking down the street, and I was thinking because I've had some experiences in my personal life in my family life right now where I'm seeing some major resistance to taking responsibility, let's just say that and to um to kind of looking at our lives right and taking a look at that and i what really Uh, resonated with me because I I was familiar with that. I mean, I know that. And I was like, what is that? And what, what dawned on me was this fear of, if I have to take a look at my life, I'm afraid that I'm not going to like what I find. And I'm afraid Mm -hmm. that that's ultimately going to be who I am. Right. So let's, let's, again, I don't think we're at the end of the story yet, but one of those fears is if I look, if I have to, if I can no longer say, well, it's my mom, that's why I'm not Doing X, Y, or Z, or it's the internet, or it's you know the government, or whoever we want to point our finger Mm -hmm. at. If Mm -hmm. I don't get to do that anymore, then the first step is to acknowledge that it's me. Okay, that's okay, it's me. Then, with that, can oftentimes, at least it did in my experience, and I think I can see it in other people's as well. With that, can then come for a moment a real sense of maybe shame, a sense of guilt maybe a sense of, um, wow, I'm, I'm a piece of shit or I'm no good. Right. There's like Mm -hmm. these layers and then Mm -hmm. there's hope, right? Because what do we find if we go through that? I mean, first of all, does that, does that resonate with you? Oh yes. Oh yes.
1: And, and the answer to what is it that we find, which is one of my favorite, um, things that I've pulled from Ask Polly, this beautiful column, existentialist column written by a, a woman named Heather Har, Harvaleski, um, is you are not uniquely fucked. That is what you find. <laughs> that there is not some deep, dark seed within you that is miserable, um, that you, are, you don't have these like crazy things happen to you that make you so different from everyone else, that you are just like every last one of us imperfectly perfect
0: yes and i think it's fascinating because i see there's how we how we all guard against that in our own ways like for me yeah i mean i'm not uniquely fucked um those are beautiful words those weren't mine but this is the same <laughs> meaning right which was like at the end of the day what i found under that if i moved through thinking oh my gosh i'm worthless and i'm a piece of you know shit was I am perfect, imperfectly perfect, because of course, I mean, I'm human, but I am at my core perfect. I am whole. It's what you said, right? We lead from our wholeness. Mm-hmm. We are enough. We, we experience our enoughness. We don't get there right away though, right? We do, because we, we can't get to our wholeness unless we're willing to see, accept all of it, which is the shitty parts as well as all these incredible parts. But so many times <laughs> I think we stop short because we're afraid. We're afraid to go there. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's interesting how we just, we guard ourselves around doing that, you know, and in so many different ways.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We make um, a literal mountain out of a mo- molehill. Um, it's really interesting in the work that we get to do when we get to, ex- as you explained it in my, my bio, exfoliate old stories. So mm-hmm. really like rub at them a little bit and see what exactly comes out underneath. Um, So what is the story that we're carrying around that we're a failure? Oh, that's tied to like this one really insignificant thing that I did when I was five. Or um, this idea that I can't love is based on um, my idea of love that I have from all of these rom-coms that I've been continually ingesting over the years. Um, and, And we make them into these stories about who it is that we are, what it is that we're capable of. And we're too afraid to look at them because... We're afraid exactly what you said, that we're going to realize that we are, in fact, that piece of shit when actually the exact opposite is almost always. I'm going to actually correct myself there. It is always true (laughs) that the exact opposite is what you will find. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the same with feelings. Yeah. We don't want to feel those bad feelings. All they need is, what, 90 seconds maximum to be felt, and then they'll just go and do something else. They don't need to hang around because they've been
0: acknowledged totally happy. and <laughs> that just brings up how often or how in the more recent past I'll go, okay, I'm gonna just feel it right, and I go lay on my bed and I prepare myself for hours. I prepare myself to like okay, I'm gonna be here, you know I'm gonna really feel this out, and literally sometimes it's ninety seconds to maybe three minutes, and I'm done, and I'm like, what well, that was it like where's the rest uh-huh. of it you know and i I've actually learned. <laughs> There have been times where I've had to go, well, no, I could, I obviously am not feeling at all because, you know, there needs yeah. to be more. It's like I've trained myself to believe that these quote unquote negative emotions or these powerful emotions, these emotions that so often we, we run away from would, will, will take my whole day or week. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. not true. So I, I love 90 seconds, go feel them. That's sometimes all it takes. Not always, but sometimes.
1: If it if it needs more, it'll tell you. <laughs> you yeah, <know>?
0: exactly. <laughs> it's not
1: like you'll miss it. It'll stick around. But, but sometimes, you know, we need to have little appetizers, little finger foods. Um,
0: mm-hmm. Amazing. Amazing. I think the
1: big thing too that that scares us is this: who will we become? Right? If I'm not my stories, then who am I? Um. And if we've been programmed to distrust ourselves for so long, how do we learn how to trust what feels good? And that's the other thing that keeps people back, I mm-hmm.
0: think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The doubt that comes up. Because again, we, yeah, we've been doubting ourselves our whole life. And maybe rightly so, because our whole lives most often have not really been us living from our truth and living from mm-hmm. our sins. They've been living to some other standard. Right, so no wonder we doubt ourselves. We've been completely, um, yeah, we've just been fooling ourselves. Um, we've been tricked our whole life. Mm-hmm. So it does take practice. I, I, I know for my, myself, it took a, it still does. Um, you know, it gets easier to go. Okay, yeah, that's that's my truth. I that is my true essence. Uh, I, can, I can know that. And then there are other days where it's still, I'm like, are you sure? Like, are you, are you sure? You know, <laughs> no, you better double check. And it's like, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure. You know, um, mm-hmm. yeah. But who would we become without our stories? <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, how does this all come back to happiness? I always love to find it coming right back to where we started. Cause I think it's <laughs> so awesome how that happens, but I believe that, um, the relinquishing the thought that we know what that would look like, what happiness would look like. Um, that's where peace of mind is, right? That's where peace of mind lives. And I think that also is for ourselves relinquishing the thought of what we think we should look like, right? That this is who I am to Mm -hmm. relinquish the stories.
1: This is who I am. This
0: is how I'm supposed to feel these are the things
1: that I should want, Mm -hmm. all of that. Mm -hmm. These are the options, you know, this is what freedom looks like, you know, I have all these options. Well, freedom might look like that for you, but for me it might look like a steady routine, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, that there's all of, and I find that we, You know, it happens as much in the new age community as it happens in other communities that there's this like identification and shaming of how it is that you're supposed to want things and have things and do things. Um, And man, I'm sure we face it in entrepreneurialism every day, right? Yeah. Um, This is the course you need to take to be the thing so you can do that other thing and all all of these commitments to these ideas of what we're supposed to want. They don't just magically um, go away when you quit your job. You're still there.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that you tied that back, and I agree because I think sometimes we can think, yeah, it's just let me let me change jobs or let me get into the new a new belief system. You know, in terms of um, again being a new age versus whatever. And sometimes it can come right with us. We can still over identify, and we can still say this is what it this is what quote unquote happiness looks like. Um, this is what success looks like, right? And we can, we start to categorize. And I think that's so true. We don't escape it until we are willing for ourselves to come back and say, you know, I get the choice as you started off with your story in this moment, I can choose. I can choose to sit and enjoy my muffin you know, or I can be clinging so hard to what I think I need or wanted in this moment that I'm miserable, you know, until mm-hmm. I figure it out. <laughs> but for that mm-hmm. moment, yeah, so that's awesome. And it's a great
1: example because it's so perfectly clear that that was not going to happen for me, <laughs> that like the things that I needed were in no way, shape or form going to line up for me. Um and and so that makes it easy to be like, oh, ha, you're being a bit ridiculous. Right. Um, Like, but uh, sometimes the nuance is uh, more complicated. Sure. Sometimes it's hard to know um, between, because when we're first getting into that place of trusting ourselves and listening to our bodies and our essence or whatever it is that we want to call that, um, there is like, when you go from the pendulum swing of never listening to listening all the time. To finding out, okay, what is that actual voice? How do I learn to trust it? Um, that's a really significant change that we make, but it's not something that necessarily takes place in these huge moments. Is little ways and nuances in how we're greeting ourselves in the world, um, mm-hmm. and so it, it becomes tricky. It can be a bit tricky to yeah.
0: navigate. Yeah. So be patient mm-hmm. with yourself. Be patient. Mm-hmm. Be loving. I mean, it, it's not something that happens overnight. And to your point, it's not something that happens in this big, oh, I see clearly now. Sometimes it might for some people. Uh, in my my journey, it wasn't quite that clear. It was more like, oh, <laughs> right, like now? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's try this. So I love that. Thank you for that reminder, that invitation. And for all of us to just be a little more gentle and patient with ourselves as we navigate that. hmm Sure. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else coming up for you around this topic before I shift gears?
1: Yeah. I just want to say that, um, some people can feel too, that I think one of those other fears around this is like, Oh my goodness, I have to feel everything. (laughs) (laughs) and We've been taught about like, Oh, you know, if you're feeling everything all the time, what are you going to do? Spend your days in bed weeping. Um, what is that going to look like? And um, when you first open those floodgates, I like to think of it as like a backlog of paperwork. You know, if for like a certain amount of time, I haven't been paying attention or wanting to feel all these ugly feelings that I've been having, then it can get like a bit of a backlog. And so at the beginning, I was feeling a lot of stuff, a lot of the time. And I felt like I don't remember if, <laughs> if you remember this YouTube video of this little boy who had gone to the dentist, and he was all frozen and feeling weird. And he looked at his parents and was like, is this gonna be forever? (laughs) And they laughed at him. And that's how it can feel. Yes, that, you know, um, getting fine tuning how it is that you are going to be in your life. And how is it that you're going to feel these things? um, It can feel like it's this tsunami that's just coming at you um and the key is to like just step fully into that and realize that um it's not that overwhelming there's lots of support um available for yourself or with different groups of women i think both of us bring together sister circles is a great place to come in and speak about those experiences but that um that instant of overwhelm lasts for what is a second of your lifetime mm-hmm. Um And that, on the other side of that, is like this beautiful, calm serenity that you probably didn't know could exist <laughs> because you fully emptied out that backlog of receipts you've been holding on to yeah. from when Dave said this and your mom said that, and then you didn't do this, and um the relief that comes from letting that stuff go and feeling it for the the amount of time that it needs, which is way less than you think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah it's worth it.
0: It is totally That's all worth I it. Gonna say. <laughs> oh, th- I thought it was a big only. Thank you. I'm so glad you did. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do I, I love that. And, and I'm going to say, I always need the last word. I swear. it. I, I try not to here it is. So, um, it is when you said that it's the idea of when you can get through the backlog for however long that takes, then you can be in each moment processing what is, and like we said earlier, that can take 90 seconds sometimes. Like that can, you know, that because there's not everything coming from behind. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it, it I totally, I'm so glad you shared that because I think that is a huge fear that we don't always acknowledge. So, yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Serenity is worth it. hmm I often think that, you know, we talk about
1: doing the work and I'm like, can we have a rebrand on that? <laughs> <laughs> What can we say that makes it feel like less like that daunting, like you're entering into the beginning of like a Disney movie where like everything's going to go wrong before it goes right.
0: Um, It's
1: just not how it goes. Yeah, I agree. It is not black and white. That's
0: right. You're right. We call it work. Oh, yeah. Uh, Let's. If anyone comes up with it, please let us know. Um, I do say (laughs) practice. It's a little lighter, but sometimes depending on how you associate practice with some things, uh, it may not be any less daunting but yeah it is it's the good work um <laughs> amazing we could talk about this for another hour i think i'm going to want to we'll have to have part two um i would love in near that future and we'll talk more about all these good things but before i let you go i do want to make sure that those listening um do get to know a little bit more about you and, and just other just tips and inspirations that you can offer them so like to ask all of my guests these questions. Um, so we'll start with who is a source of inspiration for you and why?
1: Hmm. I think that changes all the time. That's going to be like my um, preamble to the answer to each of these questions. I think is this is changing all the time. But currently, um, someone in my life that's really inspiring for me is my partner. Um, he just moved in a couple of months ago into my place. We've been together for three years and I'm just so inspired by his capacity to love and hold space and practice non-judgment and take care of himself. Um, the, The priorities and the goals that he sets for himself just seem to flow very effortlessly. And instead of being like, I wish I could be like that, it's like a really great mirror for me um to like really see myself in a new light um to really see that he seems to flow through this stuff really effortlessly and that some days i like to make this work work i like to make it drudgery i like to get into that victim space um and that he's able to be with me in that space and still be hold himself completely uh, it's just I lack words as to exactly what it is that he's doing around here, but it's some crazy magic that is Mm. extremely inspiring for me right now. Um, He, with him, I've been able to feel um, a sense of, hmm, what do I want to say? Just peace with who I am and and this new capacity for deep love of myself and others around me that was unfathomable to me before. And that's like truly inspiring every day.
0: Wow. That's huge. Mm. Mm -hmm. Those are beautiful words. So currently what place or activity most inspires you right now? It's fall in Canada right now.
1: Um, And going outside and watching the leaves change color and the Christmas in the air and just the way that, yeah, everything kind of gets sharper in fall. I don't really know how to describe it other than everything just takes on a new realness. Um, And so it's beautiful to bike around. My city has lots of waterways and trees and bridges. And so I've been taking the time to go outside and really enjoy that before the winter
0: arrives. Awesome mm-hmm. So what are you currently working on or creating that is most inspiring to you?
1: Yeah, well I as you mentioned, I'm a desire map facilitator and I'm running um, the level two courses right now for the first time, and they are some really good work mm-hmm. um, they they're really exciting because they look at really taking a look at our relationship that we have to goal setting and, and how we set goals and how we achieve them, whether we're an achiever or a failure, all of these things and kind of lights that on fire. Mm. Um, And so the beautiful thing about the workshops is that they're pretty open ended. So I've been able to bring in a lot of my own um, genius. And so creating these beautiful meditations, um, using different goddess archetypes to, kind of return bits of ourselves that we've previously delegated to, um, like that's a a bad part of me or that's like a failure part of me or that's a part that I don't need anymore. Um, and kind of reintegrating all of these lost limbs back into our lives to find that, that wholeness. And running those workshops with the beauty of Danielle Laporte matched with the my own specific genius that I bring in has been like a really enlivening experience. So... I'm running those here in Ottawa, and then I run those online as well.
0: Awesome. Good, mm-hmm. and we'll find out a little more of how to get there in a second. Um, do you have a favorite book currently that is inspiring you personally or spiritually, or one from the past that's yeah. a linchpin for you?
1: I, uh, I have a really cliche um, answer to this, but one of the books that I always go back to is Eat, Pray, Love, mm. which is so hilarious, but... Because that book gets a lot of flack. But um, I love that each of those stories, every time I read those, the different chapters of the different areas that she went to, I glean something new from myself. And that's for me the inspiring part of a book is um, just being able to pick it up and open it up and read something that you truly need. Mm -hmm. And that book has always been that kind of source for me. I have a lot of books on the go all the time. Another great book that I love is this one called Some Stories from the Afterlife. It's a, a book of short stories, and each one of them deals with what you can encounter in when you die. And they range from really hilarious um, stories about when you die, you sit and you cut your nails for three hours, and then you sleep in for 10 days. And then you do everything that you've ever done in your life, but all at the same time. So you drive for three years. You just drive. Um, and so each story is so different and quirky and unique. And some are sci-fi and some are philosophical and some make you cry and some make you laugh. And um, to me, that's a sign of a really beautiful book that's just bursting with creativity, new ideas, that is emotionally charged, that brings something up in you. Um, so that, that's a book that I would definitely recommend.
0: Awesome. I'm going to add that to my list. I've never heard of it. And I'm so glad you just shared that. Wow. Um, Great. Okay. So the last question for those who are now inspired to reach out or look up your desire map facilitation workshops, where can they get in touch with you? How can they find you?
1: Great. Well, the easiest place to go is my website. So it's joe-tucker.com. And there you can find all the information about the one on one work that I do as well as the desire map stuff. Um, and then the other place where I tend to show up most is on Instagram and you can find me at Joe Tucker coach.
0: Awesome. And we'll include the links wherever this episode may be. Um, but if you're just listening, awesome. Go check it out. It's J O dash Tucker, just in case anyone, um, was curious. So J O dash Tucker.com or Joe Tucker coach. Correct. Yep. All right. Awesome. So that's where you can find her. This has been amazing. Um, I knew it would be nothing less and I'm just so grateful that you are sharing all of this with us, with the world, um, with all the lives that you touch in all the many ways. Um, you have a gift and I'm grateful to receive, receive it.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for providing this um opportunity and this great space to be able to talk about the things that um matter and that are coming up i love that it's so open-ended so it's open
0: to to what's current in the field right that's right so well, thanks for that you are welcome well i will close us out um with our uh, song once again by Ari who reminds us of some some very potent truth. So if you weren't listening the first go around, be sure to really tune into what she's saying and taking it to heart. And I invite you to come back next week and listen to some more inspiration. Many blessings to all of you for the days and weeks to come.